Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. On today's podcast, we are revisited by the multi-talented Wesley Yore, best known as Will Marshall from Sid and Marty Croft's Land of the Lost. We discuss his busy upcoming event schedule alongside Kathy Coleman and inside the Yellow Raft. We touch on a lot of interesting and fun subjects, but I need to apologize in advance as we did grapple with a few audio gremlins along the way. I will say that for the most part, this interview is completely intact. So, enjoy! Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast again for his encore performance, the iconic Wesley Yore. Wesley! Iconic, huh? I like that. Uh, people have used different adjectives. That's all I like. That, that one I like. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was thinking of more like a, it was more like a verb when I was using it on you because you're. A... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like talking again, Pat. It's it's like an iconic locomotive. I <laughs> and I know you had Kathy Coleman who played my sister on Land of the Lost on again the other day. Oh, you, you blew so. my surprise. <sighs> See, I knew. See, Kathy and I. She's like my real sister, and she played Holly on Land of the Lost. I played Will, obviously, and and she's moved to Palm Springs, so now we actually live in the same town. You know, she, there'll be a knock on my door some mornings, and and I open. There's a, a mocha frappuccino from Starbucks sitting there, and uh, it's we really ha- have been very close all you know. And I've always said that the, that Sid and Marty didn't just cast my my uh, TV family, but they actually gave me a real life family. And Kathy and I are actually brother and sister. And Joel Paley, who played Chaka, is just like my a brother. And and even Spencer Milligan, who played our dad, you know, he'll call me and go, "Hello, Wesley, this is your papa speaking." I owe Sid Marty Croft a great deal of thanks for my extended family. Well, we all do. I mean, let's face it: the, you guys are a part of. American culture. I mean, that's there's no getting around that. You know, it's weird, it, Pat. What's, what's strange is, and it's recently I've been seeing it in print. And you know, Land of the Lost, of course, you know, it's celebrating its 50th anniversary, and and, and you know, people were saying a oh, Saturday morning classic and all that. And then suddenly, it's now got Saturday morning. It's it's being called a cult classic, which is really interesting. It that that word cult is now being added. A lot, which is which is certainly flattering and unexpected, because you know, fifty years ago we shot Land of the Lost. None of us knew what this little Saturday morning show would be. This this many years later, that people would still be enjoying it, discovering it, new kids would be finding it. But so it's it's kind of wonderful, and, and it's of course it's all due not only to Sid and Marty Croft, but to the sci-fi writers David Gerald, Trouble with Triples from Star Trek, and Walter Koenig, Chekhov, and who created Enoch the Talking Sleesack, but there's all these major sci-fi writers that the scripts hold up so well. The effects, you know, were there from the 70s, so there's no CGI, but it's the scripts, and we are so fortunate that David Gerald became our head writer and brought all these amazing young sci-fi writers who became the top of their field, like, you know, DC Fontana, Larry Niven, Spinrad, all these people. So and that's that's the success of Land of the Lost and that it is, has endured all of these years. Yeah. Well, and so are you comfortable with that term cult? Well, sure. I, I, I you know, I, I've I've 
I'm thrilled to be a tiny part of it. And it seems like that that Sid and Martin, Marty Crofts, all all his all their productions could literally be called that, you know, because absolutely uh, can't be cult. <laughs> well, Atlanta, Atlanta, the Lost was their longest running show, the most successful, and and there's always, you know, they did the the movie with Will Ferrell that bombed, but there's you know they did a remake in the '90s, and there's now talk of maybe something else coming in the future. So we'll see. Well, we we all know that it had the best actors, of course. Oh my God, yes. Oh my God, they they wanted Gilgood for my role, but I I got it instead. James <laughs> Dench was going to play Ollie, but Kathy took it. <laughs> yes, thank goodness on all accounts. <laughs> I, and you know, of course, they weren't double timing working on a soap opera at the same time. You know, that's Wesley Yore, of course. Yeah, Days of Our Lives, I was playing Mike Horton for almost a decade, and I was doing both shows at once for three years, and, and uh, that, that was, listen, it, it, it was so heady. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I just, you know, it just got into Hollywood. I suddenly had two TV series at, at once, and they both were hits, and it was it was very heady. Trust me, it was like, it was like an out-of-body experience. I mean, I was, in the morning, I was on the set of Days of Our Lives, you know, filming you know that my girlfriend had left me and and i was having trouble sexually and then and, and all this stuff was going on and in the afternoon i'm going run holly run there's a dinosaur and, uh, uh, it, was, it was i didn't even own a car you know i i met somebody they, they went to a car auction and there was a 1950 riley old english car and i go i want that one <laughs> That's funny. I, I'm trying to envision you without a car and just borrowing the keys from Robert Goulet to the Winnebago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. You know, you know, IMBD and Google, there are no secrets anymore. You know? <laughs> no. Well, you told me that story, I think, in one of our first interviews, and it's, just, it's resonated. <laughs> you know, it, it's weird, you know, because you got IMBD, which is, you can't lie about your age anymore. You know, it's crazy. You know, it's like there, there are no secrets anymore. I think that people are entitled to their privacy and their secrets. And thank goodness there were no, there were some cell phones around when I was younger. So, you know, thank goodness for that. But uh, it's true. Not celebrities, though, Wesley. They, they, you're, you're, you guys are fair game. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know why I just had this vision of a carnival with the, the duck. I was like walking back and forth, like the other thing. It's yeah. It's a challenging job, you know. It, it, you have to be up. You have to be on. You have to. Uh, you have to carry yourself. You, you have to watch what you say. Listen, Pat. It's an honor. I mean, the fact that people still remember, still want me involved in certain things. You know, I still, I still have my toe in the water, and um, I don't take it lightly. There was a uh, when I was a when I was at the top of my game, and I was a little horse ranch. Yeah, fa, 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 I had a horse ranch uh, in Los Angeles. And I remember Dennis the Menace cartoon came out and it was in the Sunday paper back then. Remember papers? And <laughs> and I read this cartoon and I cut it out and for years I had it framed. And it was, it was about a five panel Dennis. And it was Dennis the Menace and his, his friend Joey were meeting their hero, Cowboy Bob. And they were going to go up to get his autograph. And they were so excited. And they go up to Cowboy Bob. And Cowboy Bob was so good to them. 
and Dennis and, and Joey were just over the top. And I forgot what the, the language was, to be honest, because I, but it was something about, about treating when there's success, treat it with responsibility. And Cowboy Bob had been so great to them. And I said to myself, if I ever am in that situation, if my life takes me down that road, I promise I'll be a Cowboy Bob. And for years, that was the thing I had hanging in my wall in my home. And, and to remind me that, you know, this this was the responsibility. If you're going to take on the jobs and you get some sort of recognition that to embrace it and respect it. Right. Yeah. And it's that's my been my experience with both you and Kathy. Um, and folks, for any of you who are struggling with the pronunciation of Wesley's last name, you can always just refer to him as Wesley Cowboy Bob. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's just, it's, you know, I should have changed my name. I, You know, here's what happened was, you know, your was my mother's maiden name. Because my dad left when I was two, and he never came back. And I, when I got my first job as an actor, I and I said, you know what, I'm not gonna. And I only saw him maybe twice in my life, and he he disappeared my whole life. And I thought, I'm ne- I'm not gonna use the, my last name because I, if I ever become successful, I don't want him to have any any ties to it. Right. And so I used my mom's maiden name and my middle name. And uh, but it's it's your E U R E. I should have been Yuri, or I should have been. I, 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 I've always regretted that I didn't call myself Wesley Cantaloupe, so so <laughs> people would remember. I think mean, you know people go, oh yeah, I'm the cantaloupe guy. Yeah, I know that. But Yuri, they go, Yuri, Yuri, Yuri. You know, every time I do an interview, and I go, well, just think of Europe without the book, Eeyore. and uh, so. Yeah, and and cantaloupe is cantaloupe. Thank you. Oh, Cantalope. Cantalope. I'm from the town of Cantalope. <laughs> we grow cantaloupe. <laughs> I know. I used to do a lot of uh, fundraising for actors and others for animals, which was uh, Betty White and Loretta Swid and Joanne Worley and all these. They used to hang out and stuff. And I, I swear, Loretta Swit, the only one that could say my name properly. She'd go, when <laughs> Every time she did that, I just melt. Oh, hot lips. Thank you. Oh, what a sweet lady. She was my very first podcast interview. Wow. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Holy smokes. May as well start at the top. Of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Most importantly, you know, I, I, if, 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 when you asked me to, to come back on, I was, you know, because you said, because we're doing this big event. With the Golden Girls, right? Talking about a, a 180 in life uh, to be, you know, in Orinda, California, uh, at, in a couple, in about a week and a half, we're doing this up uh, this three day weekend with an amazing group of people, from the writers, directors, to the guest stars that are obviously still around. Obviously, the Golden Girls no, are no longer with us, but it's going to be an amazing weekend in Orinda, California. Behind the Golden Curtain, yes. Arinda is this, I never knew where Arinda was, but a, a year ago, David Zimmerick, who owns the theater, it's an old historic theater, the Arinda Theater, put together CroftCon, like for Sid and Marty Croft, and Sid and Marty came, and Butch Patrick came, and... Pat McCormick came. Oh. Pat McCormick came, <laughs> but yeah, and it's amazing. Well, the, so 
Derek has this beautiful theater, and it's about 12 miles from Oakland Airport, which is across the bay from San Francisco, in this gorgeous historic town. And we're putting he's putting on this event. He asked me if I would host it. So I am going to be the official host interviewing everyone. And it's a big three-day event. It's going to open on Friday night with the Golden Gaze. It's a drag troupe out of New York City that are that do uh, a, 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 a tribute. Well, yeah, tribute. They're amazing. They're, and they're coming in, they're flying in, and then we've got, I, oh my God, the, the list of people is crazy. And I'm trying to do like a portfolio for everybody so I can interview them. But we've got Terry Hughes, who is the director, Marsha Posner, Posner Williams, who's the producer, Mark so- uh, Sockton, who was the writer producer, Mark Cherry, who I know is one of the writers. Mark has a new series coming out, and he's like one of the most prolific writers ever. And, uh, and Isabel Almera, she was a script supervisor, and Tracy Gamble, the writer, and Gail Parrott, a writer. We've got a bunch of mutual friends that we're going to discuss. And um, and Jim, and I don't I have not met these people, but uh, 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 Jim, uh, the, ah, my God, my, I'm getting old. You know, I'm trying to read everything. <laughs> but as far as the performance, we, we've got, like, if we remember uh, the, the girl that played uh, uh, the young b arthur played uh dorothy in the flashbacks she's coming and and blanche's uh heavy set sister they had the episode about uh, fat shaming and the actors are like uh bonnie barlett and jerry harden and robert picaro of course from if you're a star trek fan you know robert picaro the doctor the ai doctor mm-hmm. sandra curry and ron Sh- uh, shell uh ronnie shell and because c- he's been around forever doing so many shows oh, wesley I interviewed Ronnie two days ago. You're kidding. I am not. And talk about sharp as a tack. And you said you were old. Well. <laughs> you, I didn't say I was. You said it. Oh, did I? Okay. Well, I didn't mean it. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I said poppycock. Damn, I am BT. <laughs> I'm 37. Yes. And shall remain that for the rest of my days. <laughs> I'm turning 37. Of course, I'm backing up. But You sound like you are. Or more like 17 sometimes, especially no. when you and Kathy get together. Oh, my God. I know. I'm 71 years old, so uh, I'm, I'm getting up there. You're 21? That's, I'm uh, sorry, you broke up. 21? Yeah, yeah, 21. 71. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. <laughs> God, can you hear me? I want to sound exactly like Wesley Yore when I'm 71. Please. Well, thank you, that will be me. <laughs> Back again for the 40th time. Please welcome <laughs> Wesley. 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 You're. Yo, you're. Wait. You're crazy. <laughs> but, but on the high note, <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie, 93, and he was, like I said, just. <laughs> he was there and all into this event he's really looking forward to it which is wonderful and and of course you're gonna i told him the mc is gonna take good care of you i promise <laughs> well yeah but we also i mean for all fans out there we've got uh molly hogan coming julie mccullough is coming um these it, it's crazy it I, I can't believe how many people are coming and and i'm a, I, first of all i'm a huge golden girls fan and 
And when they call me and ask me to host this, I go, why do you want me to host this? You know, get Mario Lopez. You know, he was on the show. <laughs> and uh, get Adrian Barbeau. She was in mod with with uh, B. Well, I would have voted for her, but sorry, Wes, go ahead. She is so beautiful and so sexy. Mm-hmm. I, I was with her about two years ago. Uh, not with her, at a show with her. And... Uh, <laughs> She's 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 amazing. So I go up to her t- her table. This was in Pensacon in Florida, and uh, so I go up and said, uh, "You know, I've got a song I want to sing you." And she goes, "What? What?" And I go, "Try a trio, try a trio, just you, he, and me, oh." And she starts to howl. Years ago, when I was first went to New York, nineteen seventy, I just gotten off the road with Robert Goulet and Carol Arts. I was nineteen, and I go down to the East Village and there is an off-off-Broadway show called Making a Porn Movie. It was a musical about the shooting of a porn film. <laughs> and she was one of the stars. And that was one. And I remember the songs from that long ago. And that was one of them. Try a trio, try a trio, just you, he, and me. They're all in bed. And then, uh, well, there's one, I mean, I, there's you can, you can edit this if you don't like this. I mean, she, under the sheets, there's three of them. And the blank, the sheets are going, legs are flying and stuff. And they finally, pull, all three of them pulled down the, the, the sheet. And I, and I go, I go to Adrian. I go, I've got another song. We came together. He howled. Howled. How do you remember that? I go, I was there. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm struggling to get my breath right now. Oh my gosh! So funny. This was, of course, back. This was back when hair was coming out, and um, all the nudie musicals back, back in New York when they were experimenting with those. So, uh, anyway, it would have sounded like a great time to be in New York, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh off the Winnebago. I know. So I kept, I kept asking Derek Zimmer, "Get they are why me?" It's because of, you, you, you work with Betty. I go, yeah, I did. A password. I was a kind of a semi-regular on Password Plus with Alan Ludden, her husband, when he was hosting, and then Tom Kennedy took over after Alan passed. And you know, I so I I got to play with Betty and on the show. I I got to raise money with her for actors and others. So we knew each other, you know, a bit in our lives, and and, and that was my connection to Betty White. And of course, I used to play cards at Rue's house. She had this amazing huge house in the studio city and uh like the gardens where you you would think you were at this this palatial estate i think as she told me one point that her gardening bill was she told me a, a figure that was astronomical especially <laughs> for then. and she she had this her living room she could see like 40 people in her living room around card tables and stuff so we would get gathered there and play cards and games and stuff like that but so that was my connection. I said, okay, I mean, first of all, I'm a Golden Girls freak. I love Golden Girls. And so when I'm in Mexico, because I live half the year in Mexico, one of my favorite things is I, is I watch Golden Girls every night before I go to bed. It's like, okay, time to go to bed. Let's watch an episode of Golden Girls. Well, it sounds like he answered your own question there, Wesley. I mean, bonafide fan, knew the stars, you weren't on a, you weren't on an episode, which was actually one of my next questions, but you answered that. No, I- but you wonder why. And folks, you listen to this man, listen to him talk. You got to wonder why would he be asked to MC anything? I mean, talk about droll, you know. 
not that guy again. Yeah, no, no, fine. I've listened to your show, Pat. You taught me everything I know. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. I've been discovered. <laughs> It's amazing what AI can do. Just make it sound interesting. <laughs> Live from the clinically depressed clinic in downtown, wherever the hell we are. <laughs> it's Pat McCormick again. Oh God. Yeah. What people don't know is before you put it to AI, uh, artificial intelligence. Hi, I'm Pat McCormick. This is our stuff there. You're, and then when you put it to AI, hi, I'm Pat McCormick. This is well you're. Yes. Um, insert something uh, with a good mood, please. Wow. I never knew I would sound so up. <laughs> I've been in a position to be interviewed a couple of times in my life. And it, it it is truly amazing the different personalities and where a conversation will go or who's prepared and who's not prepared. Yeah. You know, again, IMBD and Google, they make it much easier to do research, which is what I'm doing right now for all the actors and the producers and writers for Billy Girls. I'm doing a portfolio. But my favorite interview story that I ever had, I was on uh, the Dinah Shore show singing twice. For all of you out there who remember Dinah Shore. Of course. I'm on the Dinah Shore show. <laughs> I like it the, already. The worst interviewer I have ever experienced in my life. And you're going, really? You can't say that about Dinah Shore. You know, if you, if you, if, if you guys remember Dinah Shore, it was like, Sing the USA in your Chevrolet. Is that note high or lower? Four, six, six, the USA. So, uh, sitting on the set with Dyden, and she has cue cards. So she's facing me, and she goes, Oh, Wesley, now I understand you're on a soap opera called Days of Our Lives. Tell me about it. And I'm going, Well, Dyden, I, I start talking, and her eyes go from looking at me and starts to read the next question on the cue card, and her lips are moving. She's not listening to what I'm saying. She's just reading the next cue. And then I'll finish sort of finishing. She goes, she'll turn and go, oh, well, Ashley, so you're on a show called Land of the Lost. How did you do both shows at once? And then I start talking, and then her eyes would move away and start reading the cue card for the next question. All the questions were written. She wasn't listening. And uh, it was it was the most interesting experience I'd ever had being interviewed by anybody. I mean, she was a doll. I loved her. And and I actually got to work with Burt Reynolds uh, a, a few years later, a project that I sold to him. But uh, she was, and and, and 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 I don't mean to make this sound derogatory at all, because huge fan. Yes. When I was a kid watching the, the show, you know, singing the Chevrolet song and stuff in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, I mean, it was amazing. And suddenly to be on her show singing was, it was, it was, it was out of body. I couldn't believe it. Well, I mean, easily you could have come on and done impressions because your your rendition of her is spot on. <laughs> I'd have to give credit to a comedian named Janice Hart, who just passed away, one of my good friends. And she was amazing, and she did impressions. And that was her bit about, is it high or low? Hi, the USA, high or low? It's giving a high or low. She made me laugh, and, and I have stolen it from Janice Hart's. Yeah. Well, you know, her reputation, Dinah's reputation is, is pretty unscathed, you know. Oh, my God. But I can imagine how disorienting that must have been because you're trying to carry on a conversation. Well, she wasn't having a conversation. She literally did not listen to a word I said. 
And said the camera stayed on me while I talked. It didn't cut back and forth because they cut back to her. It's their lips moving. So, uh, you know, it, it was, and I did it twice. So I did her show, you know, a couple of times. Yeah, I don't think you would see that on Carson. No. <laughs> but what? A, well, it's still <laughs> what a fond memory. You know, I, <laughs> I thought it was going to be me for sure when you said the most bizarre interview I ever had. <clears throat> I didn't. I didn't say worst. Oh, oh, okay. That's right. That's right. IMDb, you failed me again. My, my crack team of researchers, you said I was the weirdest, not the worst. You, you get your W's right, okay? You guys are fired. Okay, got it. Got them together. Um, so, well, it's funny. I'm hearing you. You're doing all this research, uh, which is, of course, <laughs> as an MC, you definitely want to have that down. And... Obviously, you have some insights on these folks and, of course, the stars themselves. And it was funny because when I was talking to Kathleen the other day, we were talking about her book. Right. Run, Holly, run. Yeah. And, of course, I know the contribution that you made. So what happened was Kathy has an amazing book. It's one called Run, Holly, Run. And it won a bunch of awards, including the best uh, autobiography indie published, published in, I think, 2018 when it first came out. But um, Erica Hagen wrote the forward. Erica, if you're a Land of the Lost fan, you remember an episode um, that Kathy meets her older self in the future. Right. And that, that was the actress, uh, Erica, that played. Uh, That's right. That's right. Kathy and I, was, you know, me and sort of said, I was 21 or so when I was playing 16 when I was on Land of the Lost, and Kathy was 12 years old. So our dynamics were a lot of fun. She was a little kid, and we, we used to laugh and giggle. Well, I, I would, because I was more experienced, I, I just made sure in the first year, you know, every time we ran out of a scene, I'd do one last turn to look at the dinosaur just to get the last close-up. Well, she caught on real quickly. So she would always try to upstage me. It became this huge joke, and we, we had a great time about it. So, but and, and, of course, I always had top billing and on the show. Of course. So... When her book came out, she was so excited. And she came, was so look, and she showed me this beautiful cover of Run, Holly, Run, which was, she stole my tagline, because I would always go, Run, Holly, Run, there's a dinosaur, there's a sleet stack, there's a pakuni, there's whatever. And she said, look, look at my book. And I go, oh, yeah. I looked at the cover of her book, Run, Holly, Run, by Kathleen Bella Coleman. And I said, look who's got top billing. She said, what? And the very top of her book on the cover is my quote, my review of her book. And I have top billing on her own book. So, so every time she sells a book, I like to point out to everyone, look, I got top billing. And she, she looked at me and screamed at me. And we have, a, we have a lot of fun. I read that darn book. And I'll tell you, it was so freaking good. It glued itself to my hands. I told her that. I just could not put it down. And, um, you know. Your term, brutally honest. At least I know I got that one right. When when people buy her book, she says, "Put on your big girl pants," <laughs> because it, it's it's a ride, and it is. Her life, the ups and downs are amazing, and what what she has survived and come through, and she is truly one of the kindest, sweetest, most beautiful creatures I've ever had the the privilege of knowing and being part of. Oh, but enough about her hair. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, she is, she is wonderful. And I'm just so glad that uh, I'm able to call both of you guys friends. Um, she goes a step further, though, Wesley. She is the godmother to my kitten, Peekaboo. Wow. 
Peekaboo wow. Jones, as a matter of fact. And when she's in trouble, that's what I call her. Well, tell that people know that she, she, Kathy's dog was, that was her, her dog's for years name. Right. So you, that's, oh, how lovely is that? Oh, she was so touched. I was, I was laughing about it on the interview. She sent me a box of, of treats and bejeweled collars and a certificate of authenticity. And, uh, on top of that, multiple autographed pictures. And at that point, I'm just like, well, I love this lady. <laughs> and how could you not? But having read the book, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that she made it because there are times where her life was literally in danger and not by her own hand. Oh, no, we just just a teaser tied up by a boyfriend and left in the desert of Mexico. So if you want to grab that book on Amazon, it, it, it's 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 quite a read and it's 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 just tragic, you know, it. It's amazing, it, you know. We get to do these shows, uh, these autograph shows around the country. And, you know, we not only get to meet our fans and, and make new friends, but we also get to meet our heroes, people we grew up watching. You know, who, who we sit, you know, we sit next to like you know, Lou Ferrigno or, or Jill Gerard or Sam Jones or Lottie Anderson. You know, um, and none of them make it past the raft, by the way. But none of, go yes, on. We have, <laughs> but you know, we get to share stories, and and we get to know some of these people, Melissa, uh, uh, Melissa Gilbert, things like that. But we'll sit and talk and get into each other's lives and stuff. But the the what the kid actors is we know the stories, of course, are legendary around Hollywood. What's happened to kid actors and and the struggles. And not not many of them make it out sane. Right. It's it is amazing, and and what Kathy went through was extraordinary. And the fact that she is who she is, and so amazing, uh, is is a testament to not only her, but you know we have people like well Paul Peterson. Sure. Paul who created uh, a minor consideration, which is of stars for years, and. Uh, it's it, it, it's it's hard to explain to, to the the sadness and the struggles that many of these kids have had is over the top because you can imagine you know you're a kid you're making you're suddenly every, every the world revolves around you your family dynamics stop you become the breadwinner everything is all about you and whatever you want whatever makes you happy it's all about you oh my god you're funny you're Gary Coleman everything is and then one day it just stops. And the phone doesn't ring, and it's like, whoa, 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 what happened? And then everybody disappears, and your family's taking your money, and your all of this stuff, and you have not matured enough to understand what was going on, and you thought that this would be the rest of your life, and it's not. It's it is a it is a huge fall, and many kids don't make that that survive that fall. Well, that's the thing. Unfortunately, a good portion of them have not, and. Uh... Yeah, you can only imagine. Just at, at any level in show business, those disappointments are personal because it's literally a reflection on you, the person. Not necessarily the work. The work should be standalone, but, you know, you, you tie it to a face. And what I'm saying is it's such a brutal, brutal feeling. The highest of highs and the lowest of lows, Right. Oh, absolutely. 
And yet, and yet, Wesley, you stayed on an even keel the entire time. Amazing. But I was, I was different. You know, I, I went to New York when, I, as a teen. I mean, I was a teenager. That's all. And I went to New York, but I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a kid kid. I was, you know, I, when I got my first job was at the American Shakespeare Festival at playing Ariel in the Tempest. Um, I was nineteen, and I. I don't know. I just, I had been raised differently. I'd been taking care of myself a lot because my mom, when my dad left, my mom went back and got her doctor degree and became a, uh, a psychologist and an attorney. But so she was working all the time. So my sister and I, we took care of ourselves. So I was always pretty independent. Right. And even as a little kid in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, when I was eight years old, you know, back in those days in the 50s, not 40s, 50s, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I used to just, go across the street, grab the bus and go downtown. I'm eight years old, you know, and that's, it was safe and yeah. okay in the small town of Hattiesburg. And so I, I, I had a different perspective and I was lucky. So I'm always not, listen, not to say that I didn't have my ups and downs and that in my struggles and, and trying to come to grips with some of the, the things I was facing or dealt with. And, but I, I had a, I was more mature and had more life experience than a lot of little kids when they're you know they're nine and ten years old and suddenly they're you know a superstar for a few years mm -hmm. well which brings me to my next question um is there a run will run book in the works <laughs> don't use that title um survive will survive no that's not gonna work yeah not not very good pat that wasn't you're not clever enough no i you're awesome i better stop now <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been asked a lot to do uh, an autobiography. Uh, problem is, I'd have to tell the truth. <laughs> Part of me doesn't want to. I've written five books, and one of my books was optioned by Disney for an animated feature, and I wrote the screenplay and the songs. A book called The Red Wings of Christmas, which you can get on Amazon. Uh, so I've written humor books and things like that, but I've never sat down to write the truth. <laughs> but and, and my listen, I backpacked around the world. I I thumbed, you know, slept in barnyards and snuck into Afghanistan during the Russian war in the back of a pickup truck. I had knife fights on the Irrawaddy River and uh, Rangoon and uh, Mandalay, and I mean, so I've I've had an interesting life. But clearly, not not interesting enough for a book. I mean, folks, listen to what he just said. Just another knife fight, you know. Another knife fight on the. In Rangoon, yeah. Now, uh, Afghanistan, I, nothing's better than Afghanistan under fire. I'm telling you right now. It's just. I was back. I was trying to get to India. Of course. <laughs> we we got into Pakistan and they only opened the border for a tourist and, and for two days and we missed the, the openings. I mean, for two days, they opened it twice a month uh, for one day. And you had to find a private vehicle to get into. There was no buses or anything. You had to go deal with somebody and anyway so we were thumbing around pakistan hitchhiking and got up to the border to shower which of course is one of the most dangerous places right now yeah and uh thumbing our thumbing a ride uh and we got to peshawar and we were going to stay at a youth hostel and we got there and it was closed it had been closed by the by the religious groups and this professor who spoke english said hey you can come stay with my family and he go, I go, oh yeah, okay, great. Where, where is he? Oh, Afghanistan. 
And he says, oh, okay. We get in the back of a pickup truck and we're driving. And then somebody comes running. All right, under the covers, everybody hide, hide under the covers. And we, we throw these blankets in the back of the pickup truck over us. And we're hiding with our giant backpacks. And we're going into Afghanistan because they're searching the trucks. And we finally make it into Afghanistan. We go into his family's compound, which is like a walled, every, every place is like a little walled community. And they were amazing people. They were the kindest. They said, what would you like to eat? And I had just gotten to Pakistan. I was terrified of getting any kind of dysentery or something. Right. And I'll, it was cookies and oranges, some I could peel. And I said, well, I'd love some cookies and oranges. And they went and got them for us. And what I didn't understand was the cost of oranges and cookies was extraordinary, that that was a luxury item. And they had, the family had gone out and spent that money to treat us as if we were family. And the next day we woke up, they, they said, hey, would you like to see the cool factory? It's where their soft drink factory. We stole Pepsi's recipe. They were so proud of that. We stole Pepsi's recipe. <laughs> they gave us a tour of their factory and then we snuck back into Pakistan and and that was just one of the adventures, and it was life-changing. Well, I rest my case. Now you just got to get a good title, and, um, you know, I'll, ha- I'll write the foreword. Um, oh, how about I was on the Pat McCormick show? Yes. Yes. Two thumbs up. Just that right there, Wesley. It's like, come on. <laughs> that People want to hear that stuff. And fortunately, they're going to hear it on my podcast, which is awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. (laughs) You know, I know you and Kathy, I don't know if you're one of the few celebrities that actually like to get out and do these fan events, but boy, it sure seems like it. I mean, you guys, you're like a traveling circus with all the props and all the things you bring into it. The fans getting the wrap, we put yellow life checks on everybody, oars. We bring in the sleaze tag heads. I direct them. We all scream like we're going over the waterfall. And it's the, who would think that a raft on the floor would be a great picture and it is. And this was Kathy's idea like 10 years ago. And we, and not only that, but every celebrity gets up to shows. The first day, they're like, okay, what's going on here? No, 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 okay, no, no, no. And by the second day, they're coming to our table going, can we get in the raft? Can we get in the raft? I mean, Patrick Wayne, I remember the first time we saw him, he said, no, no, I don't, I don't do the raft. Somebody said, no, you have to get in the raft. It was his manager. He got in the raft, took a photo. The next day, he comes to our table. Wesley, Kathy. Can I get another picture of the raft? Oh my God, everybody on Facebook's loving this. I need another picture. <laughs> everybody that we've had, you know, from Don Wells to, oh my God, uh, John Schneider, Lottie Anderson, you know, Melissa Sue Gilbert, uh, you know, Alice Nardengrum, Sam Jones, and the list goes, Howard Hessman, who's passed on. Yes. Uh, Philip, who played Cousin Ed, you know, Gil Gerard, uh, Buck Rogers. It is the list goes on and on and on. And when I did it, <laughs> yes. Oh, and I'm sorry. And and Pat McCormick. <laughs> I knew it. I know when when this when this finally uh, airs, you're going to have to put applause behind that. I know. Absolutely, or a gasp. One or the Thanks. other. <gasps> yes, I did it. Well. Well, here's the deal. So we've been doing this about ten years, and it's it's a hoot because. Most people, when they go to the shows, they get an autograph with somebody that they, uh, they're a fan of. You know, it's standing side by side, pointing at each other. And Kathy and I said, you know, we've got to create an experience. If we're all going to be in this together, let's make it a moment to remember. And believe me, hauling the raft and all the props is not easy. It's a lot of work. 
but the reward is extraordinary. If you go on my Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you'll see some of the photos and, and videos. But so t- 10 years ago, we, she came up with this idea and I got the raft. It was fabulous. Now, 10 years later, as I've gotten older, getting up and down off the floor, nonstop, like, oh, God, I want to hide. It lifts the raft up. I get in the raft. It lowers me down and then lifts me back up to get out. So, like. <laughs> well, and on top of that, whatever you do, folks, when you do get in the raft, do not argue with the director. I, I made this mistake. You know, no. he, he didn't appreciate my oar placement. And he's like, ahem. Listen. Well, it, it's fun because, you know, we all get to play make-believe. So you get to be part, I mean, if you get in the raft, you become part of the cast. And we're going over the waterfall. And I do direct everybody because we have, I want the oars in a certain position because they photograph great. They're yellow and, and the raft is yellow and the life jackets are yellow. And the hands and everybody, I want them to scream and I don't want anybody's hands covering anybody. We've had, that we broke the record at uh, Monster Bash. Uh, we had... A raft photo with, I think, and you can watch the video of it, of over 40-some-odd people. <laughs> now, not everybody could fit in the raft, obviously. Everybody was standing around, and some people actually got on the floor and pretended they were swimming <laughs> alongside the raft. Hysterical. And I think the award goes to Howard Hessman for the most um, deadpan look of going over the falls of anyone I've seen on those great picks. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious in its own way. <laughs> and there's a lot of Anderson with it. I mean, it was crazy. You know, the only person that's refused us so far, and I, you know, and and is uh, Eric Estrada. What show? And that's when Lonnie and, and Howard got into the route. Uh, Howard Hesman, and and also Don Wells got in, and Eric and and now I'm I'm very close friends with Rick Rosner, who created. Uh, and produced, executive produced chips. And also, I know his manager, uh, Karen Cadle at the time. Uh, and, and Karen said, Can't you get him in there? He won't do it. Larry Bookhawks, they won't do it. So, uh, what? I'm, but my goal is one day, one day we'll get the men. I feel good about it. You know, his reputation is that of such a sweet, down to earth guy. But now, <clears throat> of course, the truth is, you never know what somebody's going through that day. <laughs> he may have. He may have to have a hip replacement. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you, you have to take everything with a grain of salt because it's never about you. You never know what's going on in somebody's head. Um, so I I never take that personally. Well, yeah, again, he, he really has a good reputation. So it, 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 it must have just been a, uh, I just went over the falls on the phone. Now you want me to do it in <laughs> real life? Exactly. Well, okay, so we were talking about events. Now, do you and Kathy have any events coming up? Oh my gosh. <laughs> We've never had a busier year. I think we have already done three this year. We have, I think, 11 left that are booked so far from Mesa, Arizona to Rochester, New York to Milwaukee to, I mean, to uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin to Wyoming to, oh my gosh, uh, Florida. It could be going to Louisville, Kentucky. It's uh, and 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 we're starting to book our fiftieth anniversary. Land the Lost aired from nineteen seventy four to seventy six. So obviously, two thousand twenty four is our fiftieth year. So we're starting to book some of the bigger conventions. 
but yeah, Kathy and I are traveling. And then, of course, I've got the Golden Girls behind the, the Golden Curtain, which is going to be an extraordinary weekend and in, at, in Orinda, and that's going to be May 26th through the 28th. And, um, and uh, you can go on Facebook and look at Behind the Golden Curtain on Facebook or just go to BehindTheGoldenCurtain.com and all, all one word, and it'll come up and you get the information about tickets and things like that. And it should be quite, quite an event. Yeah. It's something very unique. And right. It'll be, it'll be interesting because being the host and I'm not, I'm this, it's not about, it's not about me this time. <laughs> I hate this, but it's no, it's not about me. It's, you know, I'm just the facilitator. So, um, well, but with the skills, um, and clearly Derek, Derek knew that. I, I would have said perfect choice. Um, well, I appreciate it, and, and, and that's true. Um, yeah, my, my my game show that I hosted for Nickelodeon called Finders Keepers. I'm told it's coming on Paramount Plus. They're going to start running the old reruns again, which will be interesting to see. That's been a while since that was on. And when when I did that for Nickelodeon, that's when Nickelodeon was subscription only, and so not only you know. Only the the elitists that could afford it, you know, were able to watch Nickelodeon back then. And then, of course, it became part of the mainstream. Right. But be interesting to see, to see that sort of research, you know, have a resurgence back. So, but but I listen. Being a host is one of my favorite things on the planet Earth. Being a game show host was absolutely my dream job that I just loved. And that's so when I watch Buzzer TV, you know, and I'm, I'm on with Betty White or or gosh, Elizabeth Montgomery or so many people uh you know wow uh, i in fact i just got back from mexico i live half the year in mexico and i you know you get residual checks you hear about actors getting residual checks well they're down to like a penny i'm not kidding a penny for the i was in the movie being there which won an academy award with peter sellers and i got a penny check the other day one cent they wrote all of that paperwork in one cent so i got i got home and there was like 11 checks from screen actors guild i mean envelopes not open i said well it's gonna be like 30 cents, 40 cents or something. And they were all like, you know, a substantial little mo- some money. And they were all from Buzzer TV, from Password, Password Plus. <laughs> they're like, oh, well, this is kind of fun. So it, it's funny, something you do so long ago still ripples. And like like Password, Land of the Laws, you know, unfortunately, Days of Our Lives doesn't, doesn't do repeats. Right. Still going, though. Amazing. It is still going. It's unbelievable. I think they just signed up for another three years. They're on Paramount Plus now, or NBC, or which one? Is? I think it's NBC. I think. NBC, NBC, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, tell folks where they can find you, Wesley, or your preference of where folks can find out about what uh, you and Kathy and and Philip and the gang are up to. Best ways is Facebook. You can go to the Wesley Ewer, E U R E, or Instagram, or Wesley Ewer. Dot com. Uh, you can find out some of the information, at least how to reach me or where to go. But, you know, we're all over the place. And um, we hope to see, you know, a bunch of people around in the next in the next year to celebrate our 50th anniversary. And, you know, we're looking to, to get out there and, and just and celebrate this amazing milestone, because who would have thought 50 years later, a little Saturday morning show we would still be talking about. It's crazy. Yeah. And folks, I got to just say, Wesley and Kathy are two of the finest people I've ever had the pleasure to meet. And that's coming from the heart. It's just true. And you'll have the same experience. I promise you. Um, so with that, before I go down the wrong road again, we better wrap that up because. Uh, Thanks. Well, thank you for having me on again. I really appreciate it. 
You guys have been really good to me, and I appreciate that, too. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you. There you have it, another retro TV radio in the books. Be sure to follow Wesley Ewer on all the social media links I have posted in the description, where you'll also find the website link for Behind a Golden Curtain, a celebration of the classic sitcom The Golden Girls happening in Orinda, California. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave me a positive rating and review. You can find me at Golden Rage of TV on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Golden Rage of TV One. This is your host, Pat McCormack, and thanks for listening to Retro TV Radio.